Welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. As a church, we believe that you're made for this, and God has a plan for your life. Here's this week's message. God is good. Come on. Come on. Man, God is good. God is good. Hey, man, give it up for Lane. She is absolutely amazing. She's such a gift to our house. And yes, Lane, I remember when she first came to Grow Track. That's what uh, Start Here is now. And we noticed the call of God on her life right away. And we brought her on, on, our, on our team. She was such a blessing to our team. Now she's on staff and she's crushing it with everything. Anything you give Lane to do, she's going to crush it. And so, Lane, I just want to say thank you so much for how you serve this house. We're grateful for you, for Derek and your kids. And uh, let's go. God is good. So if you don't know me, my name is Jason Epps. Uh, I've been here at Oasis for about nine and a half years. Uh, met my wife here at Oasis nine years ago, do the math. Yes, we were met and we're married in five months. But that's, hey, that's an exception to the rule. Oh. So uh, I'm not gonna have her stand up because she hates that. But baby, if you can just wave. Uh, this is my wife of grace. She's better than I deserve. We have uh, three beautiful children. God is using her in amazing ways to minister and to support moms. So if you are a mom, and you feel like you're alone in this journey, you need to come see my wife. Because uh, God is just, uh, she has such a heart for, for, for uh, moms and women and motherhood. And it's just exciting to see what God is doing. Because I absolutely love being a, a husband. I love being a father. We have three beautiful children. Our, our firstborn is uh, Carissa Grace. She's uh, six going on 16. And uh, Justin Truth, my one and only son for right now. Babe, I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then our, our latest addition is Valentina Hope. She's nine and a half months. And this week, no lie, this week she said her first word. And so, no, it was not dad-da. It was not dad-da. It was mama. And uh, she's pretty excited because all you hear her saying is mama, mama, mama. So I've been on staff now for about seven years, and I absolutely love what I get to do. I love being a pastor. I love the, the people I get to, to, to do life with. And uh, I get the privilege and the honor to, to serve and to, to, to lead out the, the Start Here ministry. And uh, you may be asking what Start Here is. Go ahead and put the, uh, the, the slide on the screen. Start Here is how we get you connected into the life of our church. And I say that for a reason, get you connected into the life for our church. I say it like this, because our goal is to move you from the crowd to community, because don't get it twisted. Life happens in community, and we have our next start here next Sunday, March 3rd, 10:30 in the underground. Sign up online, or actually go out and uh, talk to one of our team members. They're going to be outside after the service, and so you will not regret it. But last but not least, I am so privileged and so honored to be leading a bunch of amazing, amazing men of God here at Oasis. Shout out to the men's group. These brothers are crazy on fire for Jesus, and we are on a journey. We are on a journey of getting everything that God has for us, 
We have a, we have a, a, a group at Sunday morning at 8 a.m. down in the underground. I know that's early, but come on through. You won't regret it. Hey, your life's not going to change in the bed, but your life will change if you come to men's group, right? <laughs> 7 o'clock on Wednesday, Wednesday night over in the kids' wing is going down over there. So, hey, fellas, there's room. There's room for you. There's room for you in what God is doing. And so let's get to the word of God, can we? All right. I'm excited to be here. But before we get to the word of God, I'm going to pray. Father, you're awesome. You're absolutely amazing. Holy Spirit, I love you. You are the spirit of truth. You're the spirit of grace. Lead us and guide us in grace and truth this day. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. All right. So, I don't got a lot of time, and I'm not going over time today, in Jesus' name. God's been speaking to me about that. God's been convicting me about that. And so, Pastor Julian shared a message last week called the, the Seat of Mercy. God meets us at the Seat of Mercy. The Mercy Seat is where God meets with us and where he speaks with us. So, meeting with God is taking advantage of mercy. Because I want to share a message with you today, access is granted. Understanding the mercy and the grace of God is amazing, but you got to understand what it purchased, and you got to take advantage of the access that it purchased, because the exchange happened. The exchange is everything God does for us is by grace and according to mercy. They are two sides to the same coin. And so mercy is you not getting what you actually deserve. It's you not getting the bad you deserve. And grace is you getting the good that you don't deserve. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 is a perfect example of this. I love this scripture. So let's go there. For he made him, he's talking about Jesus now. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The exchanges happen. Access is granted. Jesus had no sin nature. He was not born in sin. He took upon all the sin of humanity, and he purchased this exchange. See, we're born, we are born in sin. We lean towards sin. We're bent towards sin. We are bent towards me. We're bent towards I. When I'm consumed with me, I'm in sin because sin is consumed with me, myself, and I. This is the sin nature. And I know you're excited to come to church to hear about sin, but we got it. We got, we're, just, we're just stopping here, right? The perfect example of this is my kids. Well, actually, not just my kids, your kids too, all kids. They are the perfect example of the sin nature. And so just the other morning, I was uh, cooking breakfast. Yes, I'm the cook in my house, and, I, and I'm proud of it. I told, my, I told my wife, I said, baby, I didn't marry you for your cooking. You're good. You're good. And so uh, I was cooking breakfast, and then all of a sudden, I hear my son just screaming out and crying. So I go into the living room, and I immediately look at my daughter. And I look at her with grace and mercy in my eyes. Actually, that's a lie. I looked at her, I was like, I know you did something wrong, now what did you do? And so meanwhile, granted, my son is crying right now, but do I console him? No. 
I'm in interrogation mode. What did you do? I need to get to the truth. And so I start going back and forth with my daughter. And finally, in exasperation, I said, I need the truth. And she said, you can't handle the truth. No, I'm just, just playing, just playing. So what happened was she hits him with one of her stuffed animals. And I said, baby girl, what did you do? She just, I said, I just hit him right here. I said, so you hit him in his face? She said, no. I said, baby girl, that's your cheek. And it's a part of your face. She said, no, it's not. Now, we've been going through, we've been teaching our kids the golden rule. Y'all know the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I said, baby girl, how would you feel if he hits you in the face with a stuffed animal? She said, it wouldn't be that bad because I know it didn't hurt. It didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter what I did. She was never going to admit guilt. She was never going to say that she did something wrong, no matter what her brother was doing, no matter what he was experiencing. He's crying, but she's saying, I am innocent. I did nothing wrong. That's the sin nature. And so the exchange happened. Hold on. Getting ahead of myself. So the exchange happened. Jesus, who knew no sin, he didn't have a sin nature. He wasn't born in sin, but he took on sin. He died the death that we deserve. See, we deserved judgment. We deserved punishment. We deserved death. But Jesus, in our place, he took that place. But the mercy of God, by the mercy of God, Jesus took our place and then he gave us his righteousness. See, grace gives. Grace helps. And the grace of God has given us righteousness. It's given us a new identity. And that new identity, which we do not deserve, is to be accepted of the Father. There is no longer any distance between us and the Father. That is the exchange. And it's not, this ain't even my message. This is just the beginning, but it leads into my message. Because God's mercy, by his mercy, there's no longer distance. There's no longer the wall of separation. Because in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they ate of their fruit, they were thrust out of the garden. And now what was the garden? The garden was the meeting place of God. So I'm here to tell you today, access is granted. Take advantage of the access. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 says, God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put mankind. There he put the man. This was mankind. This was before they were separated. He put man whom he had formed. In the garden, God gave them everything that they needed. Life was good in the garden. They were in paradise. Adam had a boo. They had food. They had everything that they needed in the garden. But most importantly, they had access. They had access to the Father. Now, side note, Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is on the cross, and he is between two thieves, one on his right, yeah, that right, and one on his left. And 
One of the thieves is reviling and one of the thieves is just... Other, the other thief says, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Now, isn't it interesting how we try to make it really difficult? Some, and, I, and I say we, but I mean, religious people try to make it difficult for people to come to the Lord. Now, we lead people in the sinner's prayer here. That, that's all great. But he didn't even say the sinner's prayer. He didn't say any. He didn't even, he didn't even repent. He just said, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Now, you know what that word, that paradise means? Yes. It means garden. That word paradise means garden. So what Jesus is saying, I'm taking you back to the garden. I'm taking you back to the place where you had full access. I'm taking you back to the Father. Because the garden represents the full access to the Father in all that he has. Take advantage of this access. Now there is trouble in paradise. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. This dude is slick. He's crafty. He's subtle. He doesn't break through the front door. He slides in the back. And he slides through any crack that is left open. See, we have to understand that we have an enemy. We have to understand and we have to know our enemy. And you do have an enemy, but you have one enemy. Now, the devil wants you to think that you have more enemies. He's, he wants you to think that your boss is your enemy. He wants you to think that your spouse is your enemy. Actually, speaking of spouses, you don't want to miss all about marriage that's happening next week, 9 a.m. in the underground. We are having all about marriage classes in the underground. Patrick and Don, our, our marriage pastors, are amazing. So if you think your spouse is the problem, you need to come to All About Marriage. You will not regret it. You'll be blessed. So, hold on. Where was I at? All right, yes. Enemy, spouse. Your spouse is your enemy. No, no, I mean, your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. The person on the other side of the political aisle is not your enemy. Right? You have one enemy. I know what you're thinking right now. Hold on, but doesn't the Bible say pray for my enemies? Yes, it does. You Bible scholar, you. So what that means is, right? Remember, he's deceptive. So he wants you to think you have all of these enemies so that he can, that he can hide in the darkness. And he's pulling the strings. Because anyone that's doing something against you, that person that's doing you dirty, that person that's doing you wrong, guess what? They're deceived. They are held captive by him to do his will, and they need you to pray for them. Jesus, it says, pray for those who spitefully use you. Why? Because forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And you got to know who you are. If somebody's doing something dirty against you, oh my goodness, have mercy on them because what God will do for you, because you are his child, you got to know who you are. You got to know that access is granted and you got to take advantage of this access. So, the tree. You might be saying, but what about what they're doing? What they're doing is actually wrong. Maybe so. 
but we don't live out of that tree anymore. The tree, what was the tree that the Lord said, you shall not eat of this tree, for the day you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. What was that tree? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the tree. So the serpent told them, God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let's look at this. So who's saying this? The serpent. The devil. Was this the truth or was it a lie? It was a lie. Why? John 8. John 8 uh, verse 44 says, now Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He said, you belong to your father, the devil. Man, Jesus was straight up sometimes. <laughs> he said, you belong to your father, the devil, because you want to carry out his desires. Remember we're talking about? They're being held captive by him to do his will. So they've submitted themselves to the devil. When you don't submit to, ooh, let me say something. This ain't even on my message. When you don't submit to God, you automatically submit to the devil. There is no third. There is no third team. There is no third team. So he said, you're held, you, you want to carry out his desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. So that person who lied on you, guess what? They were just repeating what he said. Don't get mad at them. Pray for them, but get mad at the devil. So the devil wants you to think that you will be like God because of what you know. Because when you know good and evil, then you'll be like God. Pastor Julian says it like this. The devil doesn't care if you're doing God's will as long as you're doing it his way. Can I say that again? Pastor Julian, I'm giving credit this time. <laughs> the devil doesn't care if you're doing God's will as long as you're doing it his way. Right? So, uh, no, I'm not even going to go there. I was going to, you know, talk about, you know, my people who like to, to post, to post truth on, 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 on the internet with no love in their heart. You may be right, but you're 100% wrong because what's leading you is not love. And Paul said, it doesn't matter what I do. If, if love's not driving it, I'm the one that doesn't profit. So don't try to do God's will the devil's way. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. See, they were made in the image and according to his likeness. This word here in the Hebrew for image means selim. And it means to image. It means the image, it means to resemble, it means to look like. Now, the word likeness is damuth. Y'all like, like my Greek? Damuth. That means fashioned. It means likeness, but not likeness in appearance or image. It's likeness in, mer in manner. It's likeness in character. It's likeness in the way that you do things. So God had already said, we are going to make man in our own image and our own likeness. They're going to look like us. They're going to act like us. They're going to have our nature. They're going to have our character because you got to understand this. This was before the fall. Mercy wasn't needed here. They already had the character and image of God. 
So the devil was trying to get them to seek something that they already have. And the devil's still doing it today. He's always trying to get you to seek and to strive for something that God already has for you. And I know I'm talking to somebody today. And I'm here on assignment to tell you, you got it. I'm here on assignment to tell you, you got it. It's already yours. You don't, because the devil's lying to you. He's saying, you need this. You need that. You're going to be happy when. You're going to be happy when they notice you. They're going to be, you're going to be happy when they appreciate you. You're going to be happy when your money stops being funny. Someday, I'm going to be happy. But scripture says, today is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad today. Don't forego your happiness and believe the lie of the adversary. Because you have a father in heaven who sees you. And it doesn't matter who doesn't see you. If he sees you, that's all that you need. Because he's moved heaven and earth to bring about this exchange, to send his son to die in your place, to purchase access again. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. You don't have to wait another day. You don't have to wait another hour. You don't have to wait another minute. The Bible says happy is the one who trusts in him. And I'm telling you here today, you can trust him. His credit is good. His word is true. And it will be sent out and it will accomplish what it was meant to do. You can trust the God of heaven and earth who is your father. So we're going to look, we're going to look at uh, what the devil was um, trying to get them to, to, to see, what the devil was distorting. Uh, so Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Now, most translations put like God. Some translations put as God. So this word in the Hebrew, so this, this, this phrase, like God in the Hebrew, is not, uh, it's one word. And the word is Elohim. This phrase in the Hebrew is Elohim. It means God, gods, the word can also be used for angels, but it simply means the one who's in authority, the one who has the power, the one who is in charge. So what the devil was not tempting them with is, hey, when you eat of this fruit, you are going to be like the one in charge. No, what he was actually saying, when you eat of this fruit, you're going to be the one in charge now. You're going to be the one that calls the shots. You're going to be the one that has the power. You're going to be the one that's able to judge because you'll know good from evil. He was tempting them in to replace God with themselves, which is the sin nature. So, oh, I need a drink. No, I ain't got time. I, got, I ain't got no time for drinks. <laughs> so what they didn't know, what they didn't know is that when they ate that fruit, they would come into this prison called sin, where you would now know good and evil, but you won't have the power to do the good that you know to good, do. Paul said, the good I know to do, I don't do. 
The evil I don't want to do, that I practice. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the exchange. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. Thank you for my new identity. God is good. See, Pastor Julian mentioned this the, the, the other week in Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Uh, many translations say, uh, also translations say children of God. So when you see the word sons or, or children in the New Testament, it's one of two words. Uh, yes, I, I geek out on words. Yeah. It's either weos or it's technon. And this is, this is important. So uh, weos, no, no, actually it's technon. Technon is a child of either sex, so it's not male or female. It's, it's either. It's who's living in full dependence on the heavenly father. Re, uh, fully relying on the Lord in glad submission. This is an immature child who is dependent upon their father. That's technon. Weos is a child of birth or adoption. Come on now. We've been adopted into God's family. And anyone who shares the same nature as their father. This emphasizes likeness of the believer to the heavenly father. And they resemble his character more and more by living by faith. And this is what's so good. You know what also weos means? Is that they now qualify for inheritance. So they are a fully mature child of God because they now represent him not just in content but in character. And when you start to represent God in content and character, God can release inheritance to you because you've been mature. Because you've come to maturity. Because inheritance is waiting on maturity in order to be released. There's things that God has for you, but he's waiting for you to mature. He's waiting. And so the devil wants you to think it's just about what you know. No, no, no. You can know and not show. You can, you can know scripture, but not be submitted and be led by the Holy Spirit who authored that scripture. Because access is granted. Take advantage of the access that you have. Now, I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again because I may be preaching today, but I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher, which means I'll say things over and over again because I know that's how you get it. That's the way we get it. And, and my, my goal in preaching is not to wow you, but to remind you what God said. Most of what God will do in your life is reminding you what he already told you. There's nothing new under the sun. This is a different way to say it. So I would rather you say, oh, yeah, than oh, wow. So this is really important. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world are not different. They are polar opposites. So in the kingdom of this world, maturity, let me get it on my nose. Maturity in the world means knowledge and independence. So the polar opposite of that in the kingdom of God, maturity is likeness and dependency. That's maturity in the kingdom, and the devil will lie to you and say, oh, you know now you don't have to be as dependent because that's the attack of the adversary, which brings me to my actual message. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm not going over today. 
The most dangerous attack is the attack we are unaware of. And that attack, that attack, I believe, is the attack on prayer. See, the devil is attacking you and getting you to value other things than access. Because you got to understand mercy and grace, the greatest thing that mercy has purchased for you is you don't have to be you. You don't have to deal with the things that come with being you in your sin nature. And he's purchased, he's released grace. He re, he's released this new identity that gives you the power to become the new you in Christ, representing him. Because when you represent, ooh, come on. When you represent God, life is good. When you have his character in his nature, life is good. You're back in the garden. And don't let the devil lie to you and say that, no, it's this, it's that. It's these external things. No, it's internal. Jesus said the kingdom of God was within you. So I'm going to read you um, some quotes by a pastor from Seoul, Korea. He is no longer living, but he pastored the largest church in the world. They had 830,000 members. Uh, and his name is uh, David Youngi Cho. He said, you could remove the power of preaching from our church and it would still continue. You could remove the administration of pastoral care through the cell group system and the church would still continue. But if you remove the prayer life from our church, it will collapse. Prayer is the key to build our Christian personality. Prayer is the key to building a happy home and prayer is the key to the great revival. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Until all Los Angeles is saved, is going to take prayer. In my final scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Hey, worship team, come on up. Y'all keep me honest now. Paul told Timothy, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. We, we, we struggle with this one. Give thanks for them, even when they're doing, and especially when they're doing what you don't want them to do. My son told me the other day, he was mad at me. I said, what's wrong, son? He said, you're not listening to me. That's how we are with God sometimes. Ooh, oh, come on. Maybe the reason why you're not praying is because you feel like God's not listening to you. Because you're more concerned about him listening to you than you listening to him. Ooh. Pray for the way, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and come to the understanding of the truth. It's crazy out there. It's crazy out there. Can anyone agree it's crazy out there? But the power is in whose hands? It's crazy out there. So pray for everybody. The answer is prayer. The, not, the answer is not posting. The answer, like Pastor Julian says all the time, is not telling the world how evil they are. The answer is prayer. The answer is intercession. The answer is giving thanks. 
The answer is taking advantage of your access. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't get it twisted. You've got access. You have all the power that you need. You just have to use it. Invite God into every situation. Ask him to help you. Let him be the first person you talk to in the morning. Let him be the last person you talk to at night. If you will make this commitment to prayer, and this is the key. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So ask him to help you. Ask him to give you a desire for prayer, a passion for his presence. Ask him. And so I'm going to end with this because I told you I ain't going over time. If you're in this place and you've never taken advantage of this access, you've never experienced the exchange, and you want to come home, you want to come back to the garden where access is granted, you've never given your life to the Lord, this is your opportunity. I'm not going to do any, like, you know, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If that's you, raise your hand. You standing? One, two, no, I'm just playing. I, I, there's no hands raised. That's okay. I like to keep it real. But if you're in this place, and if you're honest, you haven't been taking advantage of this access, and you want to, and you want God to do something in your heart, you want God to touch your heart, give you a desire for him that you've been, you know you've been lied to by the adversary and yeah, you have been focused on all these other things and you haven't realized what you've been given, but you want him to do something. You want him to do something on the inside of you. Then I want you to stand up. Come on. So I'm gonna pray for you and then we're gonna, end out in worship God is so good he's so good father you're so amazing Holy Spirit I'm standing up I'm standing up too because I want you to do something in me I want a greater desire I want a greater passion for you I've been struggling I've been struggling Lord and I need you we need you so Lord we just thank you Holy Spirit come and do what you do you're the spirit of truth you lead us and guide us in all truth that's the truth that makes us free you transform our heart you give us a new mind a new nature and we thank you we praise you help us to partner with you work in us and give us the desire and the ability to do what pleases our father and we thank you Lord we praise you father in Jesus mighty name we said amen 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 Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share with a friend. To join us on the journey of being present, connected, and generous, visit oasisla.org connect. We love you so much, and we'll see you soon.